Welcome everyone to this podcast recorded at the Seminar Intercultural Learning, which ways forward of the Council of Europe in November 2007. You will listen to Dr. Henrik Orten from the Applied Communication Research Institute in Bonn, revisiting the 10 theses for intercultural learning. Enjoy. Thank you for inviting me. It was Rui's idea, in fact, to refer again to the 10 thesis. And you got uh, the version of 97, so 10 years ago. Um, the very first draft of these thesis uh, is from 87, 88. At that time, I started to work in Brussels for the European Commission. And our task was to develop the first Youth for Europe program. And in this context, we tried to have some material to train the uh, governmental representatives that they can understand what the youth exchanges in the new context of Youth for Europe should be and could be. It was a moment when we introduced this notion of intercultural learning. So a very concrete context. I still have problems to, to look at the 10 cities again because so much has changed since this time. And European youth work today is much more than youth exchange. And if you look at the new program, the Youth in Action program, and even the youth program before, you can see that there are other demands. There's the now recognized importance of non-formal education. At that time, nobody really talked about non-formal education as a special particular concept. Uh, we just talked about out-of-school education, but not really on the non-formal education. Now it's clear that any kind of European youth work activity has to be a kind of added value for young people. All these activities must be validated in a certain way that the learning outcome can be recognized for the young people themselves. Today, European youth work has to face the demand that youth work should contribute to better employability of young people. That's part of youth work today. Uh, that these concepts should contribute to the development of any kind of European citizenship, whatever that, that means. We have the uh, decision on lifelong learning, on the key competences, on the European qualification frame. And we have a Europe today much more complex than 10 years ago, not only the European Union. There are a lot of positive and more probably negative effects of globalization. Now we have countries uh, working together with very different historical development with regard to democracy and uh, with regard to understanding of concepts of democratic youth work with regard to the notion what citizenship should be and could be. So the whole context of, of revising such thesis is really a new one. And the new version would have to take into account these, all these changes and should provide at least some answers to these questions. What has changed since 97 with clear evidence for European youth work? What is most challenging today when thinking about adequate educational concepts for promoting and developing intercultural competences. 
And for me, the key question is, is there any concept of intercultural learning likely being able to meet all these demands? As I'm still far away of having all these answers, you have to live today without any kind of presentation, no PowerPoint, etc., because I don't have these answers. I have some ideas and some comments. That's what I would like to share with you. And then, after the discussion we will have today and tomorrow, I will try to revise these thesis, but they will be quite different. I don't expect you that you have had the time to read the thesis. You got them probably today and not before. Okay, so there's no chance that you could read them. That's why, just with one or two sentences, I will try to summarize what the thesis are always about. The first one was about the disappearing of national, so-called national cultural social structures and the increasing of characteristics of multicultural societies all over Europe. And then some remarks about the possible correlation between so-called minority cultures and majority cultures. And all this at that time, 10 years ago, in line with the idea that we could have workable integration concepts. Today I would say it doesn't make any more sense to differentiate between so-called minority and majority cultures. And it doesn't make sense anymore to think about intercultural learning as a concept of balancing these minority cultures with a majority culture. It did not work. If we look at our societies, we only can say it did not work. And the actual political discussion we have, for example, in Germany or in the Netherlands, or also in some Nordic countries, uh, show clear evidence that this idea didn't work at all. And for me, within these first thesis would be the new challenge, how to handle the increasing pluralism of values being present in manifestations of social daily life, including religious practices. How to handle this pluralism in such a way that the concept of justice can emerge, the concept that can serve as a common frame to organize a society and at the same time to guarantee the individual rights. That's for me one of the key questions. It's clear that pluralism of values means more potential conflicts. So such a new revised concept of intercultural learning has to take into consideration how to live with more unsatisfying compromises. And I think we, are, we need another new kind of discussion about what integration could be. It's time, in my opinion, time for a change of paradigm. And it's no longer the question which kind of integration concepts we should have. I think we have to think about the idea of uh, a kind of ability for intercultural discourse based on a set of defined intercultural competencies and, that's very important for me at the same time, and a developed understanding of human rights. Developed understanding of human rights means for me that it is present and relevant for everyday life. So in this sense I would revise the first thesis. 
The second one was about contact with different cultures, the notion of culture and the role of education with regard to the individual perception of own and different cultures. And uh, I refer to two sentences of this, Jesus too. A greater number of possibilities for contact between people from different cultures does not automatically lead to improved mutual understanding. And that's why at that time I concluded that intercultural learning should start with our own everyday life before young people experience intercultural encounters in another country, as it is otherwise very unlikely that long-term changes in behavior can be expected. So that's something 10 years ago. I think it's still true. Um, I would revise this thesis in, in a way that I would say it's even more urgent to start today any intercultural education in our own everyday life, but with other concepts than we have used so far. Um, if we make a kind of analysis, then we have to say that we have more than ever intra-societal conflicts between ethnic groups and cross-border conflicts. And the intercultural concept as we used it so far has reached its limits because we do not have any longer the post-Second World War situation with the main objectives of creating understanding and uh, reconciliation. I think we are in a kind, well, it's, maybe it sounds a little bit negative, but I'd say it nevertheless. I think we are in a kind of, I call it, anti-inner societal war. Um, to put it in some words of Habermas, <coughs> one of the key questions we have to find an answer is, how many cultural differences people can be asked to live with in the meaning of active and positive discourse? I think what we have actually is more negative communication, a kind of speechlessness, and more latent potential of aggression. And uh, only appealing moral and good sense does not help really, as we can see today. So this uh, would be a new aspect in this thesis too. The third one was about mobility as a means to change attitudes and behavior by providing cultural proximity with a different culture. Thesis 3 inclusion was similar to Thesis 2 that as <coughs> intercultural learning should start in everyday life. Um, it's still true that cultural proximity alone does not create understanding and does not change ethnocentric perception as mobility as such does not either. I think living cultural proximity must be organized and accompanied in order to initiate any learning process. Youth exchanges or voluntary service activities may be a crucial experience, but I have my doubts if nothing has been done before. So just say go ahead and make your experience and then you come back with a different perception and uh, attitudes, etc. I don't believe anymore. The question for me is uh, the complexity of, of cultural proximity today is, is so important that the question is how to, how to select, how to avoid any kind of discrimination, 
And uh, one of the questions I don't have an answer is how many different systems, cultural systems, can we live? I mean, there are people saying uh, a kind of bicultural identity is already the maximum. And is something more possible or not? I don't know. Probably not. So we have to think about other competencies we have to learn probably to manage this complexity. The fourth one was about youth exchanges as an alternative to mere tourist activities and the expectation with regard to reconciliation and maintaining peace. That was the main. This one has to be reworked completely in line with the bigger scope of European youth work today. So how to establish links between European youth work activities and the everyday life of young people. What would and could be considered to be a sustainable effect of this work. How to organize European youth work within a longer learning process. I don't believe anymore in any kind of isolated short-term educational activities. So probably it's only a chance if European youth work is part of a longer learning We need more synergy with formal education situations. And uh, as we mentioned this morning, the intercultural learning is a concept within the non-formal education, but I still miss an intercultural didactical concept being part of school education, for example. That's still an exception, it's missing. Thesis number five was about prejudices and intercultural learning. I think this one is probably getting more important with regard to the increasing complexity of multicultural societies and with regard to the individual challenges with regard to active citizenship and participation in economic and social life. We have more and more limits with regard to the possibility of having well-founded justified judgments on many things. We will have to live with more and more preliminary judgments. Because it's not possible to have uh, on, on all issues justified ones. And the challenge will be that these preliminary judgments are not a discrimination against other people. In this thesis probably it has to be developed whether intercultural competencies may help to decrease or even to avoid this discrimination. And it has to be worked out which ones could be that and uh, what kind of synergy, for example, with the other eight key competencies the European Union is asking for. Yeah, and one point I would like to mention, and probably this will be discussed more in detail later, I would like to develop in this thesis the requirement of intolerance in relation to a misused notion of tolerance. Not everything has to be tolerated and being indifferent is not being tolerant. That's for me a very important issue and would go into the thesis. Number six, yeah, this was the, the most important thesis in between, among the ten try to explain the notion of intercultural learning as a pedagogical 
concept for international youth work and youth exchanges in particular. And it has been explained 10 years ago as a concept with special content and adequate methods which could be perceived as different cultural stimuli in a different cultural context. That was the idea of youth exchanges. I think this thesis has completely to be reworked because the educational approach is only one element and what we have today as tools is sufficient. But all this is not enough if we do a critical evaluation of our own work. Intercultural learning is first today a reference for getting money. Everybody knows that. Chloe mentioned it already this morning. The notion of intercultural learning is highly appreciated. But quite often, there is no reference to any kind of concept. It's still too much used as a mere socio-educational concept with the main aims of balancing differences, of avoiding conflicts, of creating harmony, and using methods is still the dominant activity. What I miss is some more effort to work out links between intercultural education and changes in our societies. The relevance of intercultural learning for the development of the European civil society, but then we have to discuss about how should it like, and the concept of European citizenship. So one conclusion I would put in this new thesis would be that the concept of intercultural learning must get an additional clear political dimension. Use in action, for example, is a program with clear reference to societal demands. The intercultural concept has to be in accordance with these demands and others like the lifelong learning concept and the learning of the key competences. The second conclusion would be for this thesis that the concept of intercultural education should be developed in a way that we can use it for any kind of education in multicultural settings. Any kind of learning process has an intercultural component. Mm -hmm. And that is one of the differences, for example, between intercultural learning and intercultural dialogue. But we will talk about that later. I think the thesis has to rework the theoretical backup of intercultural learning. It has to be changed or enlarged. Intercultural learning is much more than a project within the frame of European youth work. But there is no European youth work without an intercultural dimension. And what has to be developed in the thesis as well would be the need of an ongoing dialogue between theory and practice. It's still missing so far. And to develop an understanding that intercultural education or the intercultural learning in this way uh, should be an integral part of any kind of socialization. The old thesis number seven was about the how of intercultural learning and the structure of social learning processes. I would rework this one in line with uh, the thesis number nine. That one was on, on some key words like role distance, empathy, and the ability to tolerate different interests in the context of intercultural learning. And this new number seven would be on the main elements of non-formal learning processes in the European context. Which elements, why and how, and when, and what to use, etc. 
that would end up this thesis with an idea about what is needed that young people have a real chance to gain some intercultural competency. What do they have to learn to get the competencies of the ability to live in conditions fit for human beings in a European civil society? That would be the new number seven. The old thesis number eight was about the Youth for Europe and the EVS program. Should now be about the Youth in Action, its scope and demands and conclusions regarding a new concept of intercultural education. Here would be the place to develop and to explain the necessity of systematic cooperation in the youth policy field. Those using Youth in Action, for example, are obliged more than ever that the projects are effective and have a clear quality profile. Quality means that the projects help and contribute to the social and societal integration of young people, that they have a positive effect on their employability, that they initiate a kind of citizen commitment, and that through the projects they develop a European dimension in their own perception, attitudes and behavior. It's clear that all this cannot be done by education and training alone. We need something like an organized, ongoing, transversal dialogue between youth work practice, youth policy and youth research. And education, employment and inclusion should not be treated isolated anymore. They are definitely interdependent issues. Youth work and youth policy have to adapt to this fact. And only then there is a chance that participation of young people will work one day as a transversal principle and not as an isolated action as we have today. And then we would have one main and important element of citizenship. Number nine would be on intercultural education, validation and recognition of intercultural experiences in the context of a debate on quality and professionalism, European youth work. And the rework number 10 then will be on the adequate and needed competences of educational staff, be it voluntary, part-time, full-time. So it would be about youth work as profession and working in the youth field and having a different profession with regard to intercultural education. So some closing remarks about quality, professionalism and competences. That's a field where I'm actually working with a colleague on behalf of Salto Training Resource Center in Germany. And the idea is to present something in the near future which could be the starting point for discussion in longer perspective to have something like a, a reference for European training activities. And of course in the context of intercultural education. Quality action of all players involved is needed, it's a demand, there's no way out, it's expectation in all programs, European Union like the Council of Europe. So that's, it's clear we have to face and we have to do something with this demand. I think intercultural education and training needs professional working conditions, included qualified staff, Professionals working with young people need further professional training and volunteers and part-time workers working with young people need further qualification. 
That's the difference, and we have to think about how to realize that in training offers, for example. But in general, being qualified means this is an element of professionalism. We need clear indicators for quality use work and in particular for quality education and training within, with regard to this uh, intercultural education. Then we can think about conclusions with regard to, a, yeah, I call it now a competence profile of people working with young people. This competence profile for me would be a kind of set of special knowledge, capabilities, skills, physical, psycho-emotional and mental disposition. Qualified youth work with clear indicators regarding the content, conditions and human resources are needed. Otherwise, we can forget about to talk about validation and recognition. There are two elements actually on the market. There's a portfolio of the Council of Europe and the youth pass of the European Commission. They are first steps. I don't know if they are really sufficient and uh, I think we need a lot of other systems of self-evaluation. Some are under construction, we will see. But uh, to come to the end, even if my first question was, is there any concept of intercultural learning likely to meet all these demands, I would conclude, anyway, maybe actually we don't have such a concept, but intercultural education is needed more than ever. Intercultural learning is part of a lifelong learning process, is part of a lifelong acculturation process, is political learning. And political learning means for me intercultural education contributes that people can learn to live European citizenship. And that's exactly the role of intercultural learning in youth work today. Okay, so far some remarks on the thesis and how I see the need to revise them 10 years after. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you.